Welcome to another episode of Debatable with your hosts Nina and Kyle. He's Kyle. She's Nina. And for today, we are officially ending the Asian season as we enter July and we are now in the BP format. Today lang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, there hasn't been any tournament, so... Yeah. We're well, still... after UADC is the end of and So we're now going to move on to what Mika, the overall best speaker of Asian now, congrats! So congrats! Um, says this is the superior debate format. We're going to be talking about British Parliamentary today. Um, it is our favorite format as a team. Well, there's no correct format. We just like it more than the Asians format. But before we go on to that, we'll give a quick overview of what happened in the Asians format this past few months. So we'd like to congratulate Ateneo for that really great sweep this season. So they won nationals, they also won UADC, and they are now the title holder for Asia's Best Speaker, which I think is great. We also want to address this weird issue that came up on Twitter. Ventura, uh, our institution mate, received a question asking whether the older generation should feel insecure that the recent UADC was won by a team comprised majority of freshmen. So congrats, by the way, Ateneo 2. We think it was a fabulous run. And I don't think it's something we should be intimidated over. If anything, I think Ventura's right in saying we should celebrate it. Yeah. I think we're doing something right as a debate yeah. community. Isn't, isn't it the way that it's supposed to be? Like, um, younger generations surpassing older ones yeah. in yeah. terms of scale. I don't think we should be insecure as a community because we're all in this together. Yeah, yeah. And all, all the cases are subjective anyway. I don't think there's a uh, generational issue that we should be concerned about. I think the successes of people should be seen as their successes. Because, for example, the failures of some people shouldn't reflect the entire generation or the successes of some generation shouldn't reflect like their whole generation. So I think we should avoid painting it in that way. I think it's not just petty, but it's also a very wrong way to look at how people improve in debate. Can't we just celebrate people's achievements? in a wholesome way. Yeah, like, yeah. Someone always trying. has to make some scandal out of things. So yeah. only wholesome time here on Debatable. We are very happy, especially as coaches. We know what it's like to see people who are younger succeed and it should be a heartwarming feeling because it means we're coaching them right, we're doing something right. It means that debate is becoming much more accessible that people can learn information without having to be immersed in the skill that long. Yeah, I remember I was talking to Venti before. Mm -hmm. Even before the Curious Cat question, I was telling him, I really think that a lot of your kids are going to surpass you very, very soon. <laughs> and he was like, well, they better. I yeah, mean, like... yeah. I think that's the mindset we should have. So what are we going to do for this episode, given that we have tackled those uh, sideline issues we wanted to discuss? We want to give you a overview of the BP format in relation to the Asians format. Because I think people, or at least you should be familiar with the differences in the technicalities. Like what are the rules? What's a reply speech? What's a veto? But if you don't know what those are, we suggest you pause this episode right now and brush up on those technicalities. Well, pick up a manual or go through a PowerPoint lecture. I'm pretty sure you should have those readily available online. We could recommend like the Monash debate review or just search debate manual and you'll come across multiple ones online. So, or even like Google, how to debate British parliamentary format. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll learn it from there. So we're going to go beyond those. Um, we don't want to just give like a debate 101 lecture. We're going to give our perspectives on what makes BP very special and very different from the Asians format. Why Not, is it our favorite? Why format? why is it our favorite? Not to say that Asians is a bad format. It's just Kyle and I are much more comfortable prepping just the two of us because we don't really have to prep so much anymore. Uh, I think it's easier to build a team dynamic when it's just the two of you. But it's not it's not difficult to build a team dynamic with three people, of course. That's just our opinion. 
the first thing I want to tackle is the difference in terms of the motions and what they look like. So this is more of an agecore perspective thing, so I won't dwell on it so much. But the difference in motion selection for a British Parliament and Asians is the focus of what the motion is should be providing. In BP, it's more on depth. Obviously, if you have a BP motion, it should be rich in discussion. It should have more than two issues because there is obviously the closing half that needs to be able to say something else. Uh, meanwhile, motions for Asians parliamentary, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that deep. You can have, for example, a single issue that you can talk about dynamically by responding to other arguments. Yeah. Which is why we, we always make it a point, especially for Asians, to say that even if um, a particular speech focuses heavy on rebut- heavily on rebuttals, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, it's devoid of contribution. Because in Asians, even simple rebuttals can be considered contributions. Well, in, in BP, it's it's the same. Yes. But the, the focus isn't, let's just explore this one issue. Let's let's also try to focus on looking at other issues, other angles. Yeah. So when we're talking about motions, generally speaking, a decent or very good BP motion tends to have so many different angles that you can approach from. But a potential drawback for these types of motions is sometimes those other angles aren't um, intuitive. You can't see them immediately. like immediately, yeah. and that's that's why being closing is so fun for so many different people. Like you're forced to be creative more than usual in yeah. BP. Yeah, but besides those, um, there's not really that big of a difference in motions because you can have motions that are recycled both in the BP format and Asians format, and you'll still have a really good and rich debate. So this is just like a minor thing that I wanted to point out, especially from a perspective of someone who makes a lot of motions. So the second thing is to talk about the difference in prep time. So besides the obvious veto, the fact that in Asians you have um, more choices for what you want to discuss, I think the difference in prep time ends up on what the team focuses more on. In BP, I think it's really important to think of the strategy. Yeah. Like, what, what do you focus on? What actor do you want to highlight? What harm do you want to fix? What benefit do you want to, like, exaggerate? But in, in Asians, um, you usually fixate on one. Or at least by the first, like, two minutes of prep, you should all be on the same page already. Because you know that their opposite team will discuss that. But the strategy in terms of BP is a lot more complicated. Because there are three other teams you have to worry about. Yes. You have to sort of predict what we want to talk about. You have to find an angle or a strategy that's able to address as many things as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you can't, um, you can just have one, like a strategy that focuses on one aspect of the debate. But the strategy isn't that by itself. The strategy is really to um, explore the importance of that one thing you want to fixate on. Yeah. Um, oh. So... And th- I think the more obvious difference in prep time is like the amount of time that you have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like there, when I was like a newer debater, I really loved Asians. In fact, I liked Asians more than I liked BP because of the all the time that I had. I didn't feel rushed. I didn't feel stressed. For me, the effect of that was more of having more time to make lists of like all the different ways that I can analyze one point. Yeah. As opposed to BP, I remember there was this one time we just had this very long checklist of possible extensions and we just like crossed things out of the list when the debate was when ongoing. the debate was ongoing. So I think the prep time focus 
could be more of like what are the different ways that we can approach this rather than um let's just focus on this one thing and then let's just build from there yeah so in asians i guess the team has more time to build things together but in bp you really have to rush and just initially think of ideas and then leave each other to building those and trusting your teammate to be able to expound without having to dedicate so much time on it as a team so i guess building is also different the second is obviously like the opening and closing dynamic if you're a closing team then obviously you prep differently from how you would in an asians format in asians in my opinion if you're opening um, you prep the same way you would have in an Asians debate. But like, faster. But faster. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to do it in like half the time you would have in Asians. But more or less, like the approach is the same. So the prep style that we gave in episode one still applies if you're an opening team. So you still look at what the motion's about, you still think of the most intuitive arguments. But if you're closing, obviously you have to go past those intuitive things and as Kyle said look at more surprising or unintuitive angles so that's also a difference that you see in prep time so this is in terms of prep time which we think in Asians you win or lose in terms of the prep time and that's one thing that a lot of the Philippine coaches emphasize you win or lose in the veto you win or lose based on how you spend the 30 minutes because if you look at it the 30 minutes of your prep time is equivalent to more than half of the debate proper itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, so it's equally important. Or we'd even say sometimes more important than like the actual exchange and the actual round that happens. But in BP, your prep is only 15 minutes because of the fact that so many things can change mid-round. Yeah. If you're closing, your arguments can be taken, so you have to adjust more. Or if... For example, in BP, you are unsure of what the other three teams are going to do. That's why you have to adjust and to be like more dynamic and flexible. So the prep time also extends to the actual debate proper. Yeah. But in Asians, more or less, you should be done with the prep by the 30-minute mark. Yeah, a common way to think of the strategy for opening is just exhaust all the di- like exhaust all the bases. Like cover all the bases. So that closing doesn't have anything to say anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a common way to look at it. But for closing, there are probably two ways to win at closing. Both of which like require you to overshadow both your opening and also every other team in the round. But in general, I think the first way to win at closing is to have like a completely fresh perspective and its importance is blown up by um both speakers. Or if, for example, your opening was really good and, co- and covered a lot of bases, a closing team can choose to pick something that was already discussed and sort of hijack it. Sort of like, say, our opening was correct, but they missed a few things. And these are the new things that we're going to supply in this round. Yeah. So I think you're uh, like it just proves that you have to be more flexible in terms of BP compared to when you're in Asians. So that's prep time in general. The next thing we want to discuss is the debate proper and how it different. How how it different. How it different. <laughs> how it differs from the prep uh the debate proper in an Asians format. So I think there are two things. So first I think is in a debate proper in BP, you have to integrate what we call the meta. So like this this word is very vague. Uh, I remember when I started out debating, I didn't know what meta meant. I was just trying to piece things together. It took me until I was a sophomore in college to finally understand what meta really meant. So meta is like discussing the debate in terms of it being a game. 
So you're not just looking at the arguments per se. You're looking at how they ran it, like um, the amount of time they spent on it, whether it was responsive. So here you're sort of being like a judge and looking at standards external to the actual issues of the round. So in my mm, opinion, yeah, that's the right. best way to analyze or understand what meta is. So in Asians, um, obviously we'd recommend that people always make comparatives and always make meta-analysis as the round goes on. Like every speaker should have meta-analysis. But I think it's much more forgivable if in Asians you don't have meta as the debate goes on because you have a reply speaker that dedicates their entire four minutes to just discussing the meta. They discuss why the other team was not responsive. They discuss why their arguments were better built. They discuss why their arguments are much more relevant in terms of looking at debate as a game, like why their team should win, why their team sh should lose, right? But in BP, I think every speaker should have like meta integrated as they speak. So the first speaker should Im immediately already discuss why their issue is the most important, why the other team has to fulfill certain burdens in order to win the round. As a whip, you have to also analyze not just the content, but the meta. You have to analyze the responsiveness. You have to analyze the amount of time that they spent making this argument, whether it was concluded well, etc., etc. So because there's no reply in BP, you have to sort of divide the role of reply amongst all the speakers. Yes, yeah. you're correct. Yeah. Um, that, that's the reason why I used to have a template for being a member, like a member speaker in BP. And the first thing I do is to talk about the debate that already happened. So I was like, oh, this is what happened in the opening half. This is the reason why we don't think that's the right debate. Yeah, that's my um, thought. Yeah, so um, for instance, you can talk about like, oh, this is what happened in the opening debate. They talk about this, they talk about this. But that's not the real issue here. Because you can concede, for example, what opposition is saying. The real question of the debate is whether or not that matters, right? So it's it's easier for, at least for me, it's easier for me to concede certain arguments because those concessions serve the greater, like, strategy at the, at the end of the day. So, um, so, yeah, integrate meta. Yeah, that's why also, for example, I personally have a different role in Asians format compared to BP format, especially me and Kyle. So in Asian's format, I am both the deputy and reply speaker. But if it's a BP format, I am Kyle's first speaker and also his whip. So notice I'm not deputy consistently, nor am I first speaker consistently or whip consistently. Because, for example, in Asian's, I, I personally think meta is one of my stronger points as a speaker. So I am put in a position where I can do the reply speech. But in BP, since I have to integrate the meta... I'm more flexible to do the first speaker role and the whip role. If anything, I'm more comfortable with whipping because in whipping, you do more reply stuff and you do more meta-analysis compared to all the other roles. So notice how you also decide your role slightly differently based on format. But of course, this doesn't apply to everyone. Um, maybe it's just me because I put so much premium on meta and so much premium on analyzing and judging around. Um, so... That's also something to consider in the debate proper. So that's the debate proper. I think what I want to spend the most amount of time in is to talk about how judging is different. Um, but I'm not going to dabble in it too much because we want to dedicate a special episode to it. Yeah. And we want to invite someone for that. But I think the main difference, for example, in judging is that in BP format, you don't look so much on issues, 
but you look more on standards like responsiveness, um, like the constructive analysis or relevance. Those are usually the standards that judges have because in Asians, you usually look at issues, right? And usually you can have a really good reply or not reply. You can have a really good adjing based on looking at the debate and issues, but you can't really do that successfully all the time in BP. Because there are four teams, there could be four different issues in a round based on what the team wanted to focus on. So if you automatically want to assess the debate in terms of issues, then one team will always be put at a disadvantage. Yeah, one team will yeah. always be put at an advantage based on what the judge feels like is the more important issue. So that's what you want to avoid as a judge. Yeah, so the, the difficulty here, if you use the issues-based approach to judging, is obviously the closing teams focus on different issues altogether. For example, you have two issues, and then the first issue was tackled by the opening half. The second issue was tackled by the closing half. If if the closing team decides to just say the first the the opening half's issue was irrelevant, for example, or it's not the debate, mm. then the in, during the oral adjudication, when you talk about the first issue, and you eventually give the win to a closing team, then the, your discussion of the first issue is not as valuable in the overall scheme of things. Yeah. So for judges, we'd recommend that if you're judging in BP. You use standards that are applicable all across the teams. Try to test yourself by asking, is this an issue that all teams either address or is this a standard that I can apply equally to all teams in the round? Yeah. Right. So I personally think that as much as I love debating in BP, I think I love judging Asians more because yeah. of its simplicity. It's just one team over another. You have to just analyze and compare things but in, in BP it becomes much more complicated because you have to talk about four teams simultaneously so what I want to do before we end this is to give you my preferred format of judging in BP and this is not really conventional because the standard way of judging BP or at least what I've noticed in the Philippine circuit is that they would compare why did fourth place get fourth over the third place why did the third place get third over second place and why did second place get second over first place. Now, you might think this is this is comprehensive, but notice that there are a lot of gaps. For example, how do you compare, therefore, the person who got fourth to the person who got first, right? The fourth placer will just have to infer or get implied information of why they got fourth over the person who got first. So it's not a direct engagement. It's not a direct way of analyzing why they lost and why they, they won. And I've heard so many people complain I've personally been one of those people in the past <laughs> where I can agree that I lost over, for example, if I get fourth, I can agree that I lost over the person who got third, but I don't agree that I lost over the per person who got second. But because the judge didn't tell me why I explicitly lost over second place, then I'm just left to think that, oh, I won over, I, I lost over second place by virtue of also losing to the third placer. And I don't yeah, think that's fair. I think possible root of that problem is um, an unequal application of standards. So, for example, what you said, you accepted that you got fourth over the team that got third, but you don't agree with any other part. Yeah. And the reason for that might be because you agree with the application of standards between the fourth and third placers, but between third place and second place, or second, first, and all the other combinations in between, 
the standards suddenly were different. Yeah, yeah. For example, if it was important that responsiveness was the reason I lost, but suddenly it's not so important for third versus second, I, yeah. I'll feel a bit like betrayed, right? Yeah. So I like I lost to one team because my team was less responsive compared to them, but I knew for sure that at the very least I was more responsive compared to the other team. Yeah. But that team. Like still won it over yeah, yeah. The, the third. Yes, <laughs> yeah. so it's very complicated though, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, so my recommended way of doing it, though it's rather tedious, but it has been rather, uh, in my opinion, it's kind of foolproof, and I haven't really heard complaints over this template that I've adapted. It's not my template. I learned it somewhere in Asia when I judged. I, I was a panelist for someone, and I was just like blown away by the way they judged, and I tried to do it myself. And I recommend that the Philippine debate community also apply it. So what I like doing is I compare fourth place and I explain why they lost to third place. Then I explain why fourth lost to second place. And I explain why fourth place lost to to the first placer. So notice the first part of my oral adjudication, I'm already comparing all teams to each other. And then after I compare that, I compare the third team. I tell them why they lost over the second team. And I, I tell them as well why they lost over the first team. And then... After that, I finally compare why second place lost over first place. So notice, if you reassess that and if you think it through or if you wrote it down as I was speaking, all teams have been analyzed with each other. So there is no reason for the debater to complain that they have been disregarded or that um, they were not properly assessed or properly compared to another team. So this is a tedious way to judge, I admit, because you are comparing more teams to each other. But if you do master this, then I think that it, it makes for a really good oral adjudication. And it also helps debaters understand better what happened in the round. So I think that's it. It was just a kind of uh, just a ranty episode because I think understanding the difference of BP and Asians is crucial before moving and transitioning to the new format for the next half of the year. So now that it's BP format... Um, expect me and Kyle to show up in one of the future tournaments because we kind of miss debating together. We really do. We really do. Like, talking about debate is so different from just actually debating. Not that we hate what we do. We obviously love talking in front of a mic. But, you know, it's still really different trying to apply strategy, trying to make arguments, etc. And given that it's just me and Kyle now for BP, it's going to be a lot easier for us to train as well because we'll just have to coordinate our schedules and not really a third person. Do we love teaming up with third people? Like, we have actually done more Asian tournaments than BP. Yeah. Um, t- shout out to Colleen. <laughs> Hi, Colleen. <laughs> for being our favorite third person. Yeah, but also shout out to all other people we've teamed up with. So, this is also shout out to Jill, who was our teammate in Mint, etc. So, that's for this episode. We just wanted to give you a brief overview of what we think are the differences between the British Parliament format and the Asians format. So, we talked about the motions, we talked about prep time, we talked about the debate proper, and finally, uh, we extensively talked about what the judging is like for these two things. So, that's it. We just wanted to welcome everyone to the BP format. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we do. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.